Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Nathan sent me a note about commercial real estate contract law. And I thought, whoa, that's a good story. <laughs> Trust me on this one. This one's fascinating. Uh, out of Texas and NWITimes.com, Joseph S. Pete wrote the story. There's a, uh, a restaurant called Raising Canes. Raising Canes, okay? Raising Canes is suing a shopping mall over allegedly being tricked into signing a lease for a site where they can't sell chicken fingers, which it turns out is what they do. So <laughs> Raising Canes sells chicken fingers. And they signed a lease to put in a restaurant. And once they signed the lease, they find out, oh, by the way, you can't sell chicken fingers. You, <laughs> you can sell anything else. And so it's kind of like a Krispy Kreme had signed a lease. They said, oh, by the way, you guys can't sell donuts. So uh, Raising Cane's is a popular purveyor of chicken fingers. And they've been expanding rapidly across the country. And they plan to build a new 3,000 square foot restaurant at the site of the former TGI Fridays. Uh, on 80th Avenue in the crossings of Hobart off US 30. The restaurant was supposed to have a double drive through an outdoor patio, and Raising Cane's signature chicken finger combo meals. So chicken fingers have now evolved to the point. <laughs> it's a scary sentence read out of context. Chicken fingers have evolved to a point. But as a food type, they've evolved to a point now where a restaurant can do pretty much a focused menu on chicken fingers. And so they do these chicken finger combo meals. They're going to have a double drive through. They're going to be rocking it with the chicken fingers. And then the work ground to a halt at the site after the TGI Fridays was torn down. And so the company Raising Cane is based in Baton Rouge, and they're suing the crossings of Hobart and the property owner, alleging the landlord tricked them into signing a long-term lease and failed to disclose that a previous owner had already granted McDonald's the exclusive right to sell chicken products at that shopping center. And the shopping center is across from the South Lake Mall in Hobart. McDonald's has a restaurant just down the street on 80th Avenue, and apparently this stuff is all in these different contracts. And so McDonald's had gotten exclusive rights to sell in essence, chicken fingers. I suppose chicken sandwiches probably too. The law firm of Norton Rose and Fulbright filed the fraudulent inducement lawsuit in federal court in Texas earlier this year, filed in the Dallas area court, and that's where Raising Cane's corporate office is, or at least one of them. This case is about the defendant's scheme to induce Raising Cane to enter a 15-year lease with rent payments to the landlord, totaling millions of dollars, in exchange for a Raising Cane's restaurant that the defendants knew would never actually exist. Because what's the purpose of saying, yeah, put your restaurant in there, you just can't sell the food that you guys make? <laughs> That's the allegation. Raising Cane's and the Columbus-based property group did not respond to requests for comment. So Raising Cane is a plaintiff and the property group is a defendant. The national chain of quick-serve restaurants that has the motto, One Love, and singularly focuses on selling chicken fingers, signed a 15-year lease with the crossings of Hobart last year. The shopping center is 746,000 square feet. It's home to a guitar center, Best Buy, Office Depot, Walmart, Value City Furniture, Michael's, DSW, Ross, Dress for Less, and a Hobby Lobby. 
unbeknownst to Raising Cane's, years before the lease was negotiated and executed, another tenant, McDonald's, was given the exclusive right to sell chicken products at the shopping center. That's in the lawsuit allegations. Despite knowing that the entire business model of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers is premised on the sale of chicken fingers, the defendants did not disclose this issue before the lease was executed. In fact, the defendants specifically represented to Raising Cane's that there was no exclusivity right that would conflict with Raising Cane's ability to operate its restaurant. Incredibly, the defendants did not tell Raising Cane's it would be unable to sell its chicken fingers until nearly eight months later, after watching Raising Cane spend nearly a year of time and over a million dollars to develop the new restaurant. So I suspect that the complaint is asking both to be released from the contract, but also to recoup the money they've invested and then possibly even lost profits and so on. And, you know, they can go out and find another location. And when they find another location and start building there, they've lost however much time they wasted on this previous boondoggle. Raising Cane's attorneys charged the fast food chain was left holding the bag. Defendants' fraud did not consist only of tacit silence and failure to disclose these material facts. Indeed, during the negotiation of the lease, defendants made numerous representations to Raising Cane's, confirming that it could open and operate a Raising Cane's restaurant, and that is sell chicken fingers, at the shopping center. Raising Cane's attorneys put that allegation in the lawsuit along with defendants even went so far as to purport to sell Raising Cane's the exclusive right to sell deboned chicken products at the shopping center, all while knowing McDonald's had already been sold that right. So Raising Cane's lawyers allege it was defrauded into signing a 15-year lease, obliging it to pay more than $2 million in rent for a property it cannot actually use. So, of course, this will get hashed out in court. We'll see what happens. But this is an interesting one. Because a lot of times people enter into contracts without doing their homework, without doing their due diligence, right? And so let's suppose you're looking at a piece of property you're going to buy. Well, you can do things like, you know, go research the title history, talk to the neighbors if you want to. You can have it inspected. Uh, if it's a piece of vacant property, you can do uh, an environmental inspection, you know, find out what's underground and things like that. But here's the interesting thing is that in the case of a landlord, such as one who runs a shopping center, they are privy to information that the rest of the world cannot necessarily get their hands on that easily. So, for instance, if I am negotiating with them saying, I want to put a restaurant on your outlot here and I want to sell chicken fingers, the idea that the McDonald's that's nearby has the exclusive right to sell chicken fingers might not occur to a lot of people. And there's no way to confirm that because that would exist in a contract between the landlord and McDonald's, which would not necessarily be available to the public. And that's one of the issues because I've seen a lot of people who get into trouble after signing a contract thinking they knew everything they needed to know, and they didn't. And they want to blame the other side for not telling them when sometimes the information was publicly available or something anybody would have discovered if they had simply poked around a little bit. But here, there's a contract between McDonald's and the landlord that says something that affects anybody else who wants to come in and sell chicken fingers. And who'd have thought there'd be an entire chain of restaurants based on chicken fingers? <laughs> so, 
Uh, you know, that to me is also kind of interesting. But I don't blame Raising Cane's for not knowing that. And I actually had a client years ago come to me and say, Steve, I want to open up a restaurant that sells the following. And she described it to me. And I said, oh, that's interesting. I've never heard of a restaurant that does that. She goes, yeah, I think it's an interesting business idea. And so she was looking around for places that she could do this. And she found a place, a retail location. It was in a strip mall, I believe. And she called me up and she said, can you review the contract with me? There's a couple questions I've got. And buried deep in the contract was a section that goes, you know, you can open this space up and you can sell food so long as it's not any of the following items. And it had a whole list of things. It was longer than a menu. I mean, several menus. But there were a couple catch-alls in there, such as, you know, like any dairy products or something. I, I don't remember what they were, but there were some crazy catch-alls. And I said, well, wait a second. What is it that you're planning on selling? She told me, and I go, couldn't arguably that be described as this? And she goes, yeah, that's my concern. I said, I'd be concerned too. And so she didn't sign the contract. But here, Raising Cane's isn't showing the contract saying you can't sell chicken fingers. And so remember, and I've talked about this before, and it's an extremely complicated area of the law, but I can make it quite simple by telling you that if you and I enter into a contract, okay, the law presumes that we'll act in good faith with each other, okay? And so if I lie to you, if I actively lied to you about something, well, let's suppose that I own a piece of property and it's been um, deemed uninhabitable due to some kind of toxic waste on the site. And I know that. I know that, okay? And you come to me and say, Steve, I want to I buy that property from you, and I'm planning on building a, uh, a, a, a daycare center for children who are going to go outside and play in the dirt. <laughs> Just coming up with examples here to make it interesting. And I say, great. And if you asked me, if you said, Steve, is there any reason why that's not a good idea for a use for that property. And I go, no, I have, no, it's a great idea. There's lots of dirt out there for the kids to play in. Yeah. For some odd reason, plants don't grow out there. <laughs> so playing in the dirt will be easy, okay? The, the, the dirt even glows at night. So, so may, maybe that'll be more fun for them to play with. And if I, if I actually lie to you, actively lie to you, okay, and then you enter into the contract, and it turns out that what I lied to you about was, was, of such a nature that you would have backed out of the deal had you known it, okay, and it addresses something about the transaction, that's fraud. Most states, that's going to be fraud. That's common law fraud. Some states have codified fraud. Some just have it in the common law. But the point is that that's textbook fraud, where someone actively tells you something that turns out to be false, and they did it in an attempt to get you to enter into the contract. So the distinction is what happens when you come out, look at the property. You're walking around out there going, wow, look at this wide open space. No plants are growing out here either. <laughs> and you go, Steve, I want to buy this property. This is beautiful. I'm going to put a daycare center here. And I go, cool. And I was never asked specifically, do you know of any reason why I couldn't build a daycare. You didn't ask me that question. So I didn't tell you. So I never lied to you. I just sat there quietly and listened to you describe something to me where I realized that I knew something that you'd like to know. 
and I chose not to disclose it knowing it would mess up the deal. And that's silent misrepresentation. And, and again, states will have slightly different names for some of this. Um, Michigan, it has silent misrepresentation. And if you fail to speak when you know you've got the information the other side would like to have and it would screw the deal up, that can also be a cause of action where somebody come back and say, look, you didn't tell me. You knew darn well I wanted to build a daycare center out there. And once I bought the property from you and, and brought in the, the people who were looking at it, and they said, oh, you can't do that. There's a toxic waste dump here. And, and, you, and, and, and the seller knew this because he's the one who got hit with all the violations that you know the feds came in and forced him to do all this remediation. Even then, it's still a toxic waste site, you know. Um, guess what? Yeah, silent misrepresentation. So in a situation like the Raising Canes versus the landlord, again, I have not read the contracts. And, 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 and the, you know, the contracts aren't mentioned in the pleadings other than, I'm sure, the portions that are relevant to this particular case. But the negotiations are what's important here because it makes complete sense that McDonald's, who came in decades ago, came in and said, we want to put in a McDonald's and we want the exclusive right to sell this, 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 and this. And if the landlord signed it, the landlord signed it. You know, And they may have said, for instance, you can't put in a Wendy's next door or Burger King next door or another hamburger place next door. They could have done that. I don't know if they did or not, but they could have. And so if McDonald's has that contract that says, part of our contract, we can make the landlord exclude these other businesses, that's perfectly legal. That's perf- and it happens all the time. And so when Raising Cane's comes in and says, we'd like to put a Raising Cane's here, the landlord, if these facts are true, should have said, well, we have a problem. So we have an exclusive deal with McDonald's. Believe it or not, they sell chicken fingers, and they had the foresight to put it in their contract that they've got the exclusive right to sell chicken finger products on this property. Therefore, we cannot rent it to you. So you might now be asking, Steve, how did this happen then? And it's one of two things, maybe three. Somebody may have just completely dropped the ball in that there's a big landlord with a bunch of people working there and somebody who has the ability to negotiate contracts gets the phone call and says, hey, there's a chain called Raising Canes that are interested in putting a restaurant on this particular site. Go talk to them. And the person does some talking and they realize, hey, I've got a live one here. I might be able to you know, lease out some property of ours. And they would have to go and find somebody who's familiar with the contract signed by the other tenants and go, by the way, is there going to be a conflict here? And so they, they might not have actually known that. The person who dealt with them might not have known that. But the problem is that corporations are deemed to have knowledge and their agents are deemed to know it. Otherwise, they could send somebody out who's ignorant and go, hey, they didn't know because we didn't tell them. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. So we'll see what happens, but it's a crazy situation because obviously the place that sells chicken fingers (laughs) wouldn't have signed the lease if they had known that the one thing they couldn't sell was chicken fingers. (laughs) So there you go. NWITimes.com ran it. Nathan sent it. Thanks a lot. Joseph S. Pete wrote the story. Uh, Raising Cane's sues the shopping mall over allegedly being tricked into signing a lease for a site where they can't sell chicken fingers. And that's pretty much what they do. They sell chicken fingers. So there you go. <laughs> Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. If you're going to do the wrong thing, do it the right way.